0: To another Hopefield message from life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org.
1: Well, whether you are in Melbourne and in lockdown, whether you're joining us online from somewhere in the world, whether you're north, south, here in the auditorium, or in chapel, I thought it would be cool today, on a monumental Sunday, to have a look from uh, these two legends in the faith
2: who we get to call Mum and Dad of this house. Uh, We feel a long, you're a long way away from me. Did I do something wrong last night? or? do want me to
0: come closer. This is where they told me
2: to sit, so I'm just being obedient. It is Valentine's Day. Maybe we could
1: talk about marriage today and how we can fix it. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it would be awesome from one generation to the next being legacy. (laughs) Uh, Maybe some practical insight into the journey of faith. Uh, We're all here, and whether it is our first time and we're a guest or whether we've been in life for a little while, we're all thankful for what God has done. I mean, 45 million, when you say it quickly, doesn't sound like a lot. (laughs) When you put all the zeros up there, you realize it's a lot. And I don't think there is a church that I know of in New Zealand that's seen this level of breakthrough and the little nation of New Zealand and then over and through Melbourne together that we've seen something take place that people have prayed and believed for for generations and haven't yet seen and we're in through obedience this incredible celebration Sunday and I thought it would be awesome to ask some questions from the younger Deong up on stage to the more mature Deongs as to what it's been like leading the charge, because I think it can be very easy, let's be honest, to get excited on a day like today and just move on to the next thing rather than recognize the process and the journey. And I'm believing that today wouldn't just be a a Q&A, but we would have incredible insight into what goes on because for many of us, we've been a part of this journey and we thank you for that, for leading the charge. But we're in our 30th year as a church now. And uh, there may be many people sitting here that are under 30. And so this thing has been going longer than they've been alive. And I'm thankful for people that have gone well before myself. Uh, I grew up in this church and, you know, I fell asleep in this church many times. Hopefully not these days. Uh, people still do. (laughs) (laughs) But I love the phrase you coined when it came to legacy, that it was about creating a generational echo. And that really is what is taking place, and I love that life is a place where every single person can belong. Life is a place where we believe in the Word of God, and ultimately life is a place where our lives can get built and we can build other people's lives to see the generational echo take place. And you've often said, Pastor Paul, that you know, you've know you personally said this, and I guess I have as your son, and someone that's been a part of this church, have seen you live this out for both of you, where. You make the statement that the church is the hope of the world maybe just unpack that a little bit more like how,
2: how is it that you see the church being the hope of the world by the way I love it when you call me Pastor Paul <laughs> <laughs> I do believe maybe uh, Marie and I I think we would both say that we're fairly simple in our approach to life that If there is a God that created this world and in fact created us to see his kingdom come to pass in this world, then God is entrusted to us like he did with the disciples, the mission that this world would discover him through his church. Because his church is people and again, I think to be honest, everything that Legacy is about, which is really everything that we have always been about is whatever we're doing, We wanna create a foundation for the next level of what God wants to do. I think, to be honest, and we're gonna be quite honest today, is personally, along the journey of life, a lot of people, even with a faith, become very self-focused about everything they do. They're not thinking about living a life that creates a foundation for the next level of what their life could be in God. It's all about the now or it's all about the past and the enemy wants to keep reminding us about how we've stuffed up and how things haven't worked whereas God is a God that takes our today. So here at Life, as you said, the church is the hope of the world. Governments are not the hope of the world. We need to pray for our governments. We believe in them. We honour them. They are not the hope of the world. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church And if you understand that word, even from a biblical point of view, it's not like His people, He will build His people, it's the ecclesia, it's the people coming together to render an impact. And so a lot of us may come to a service, but we're yet to discover what it is to have an all-in approach to build God's church. And when that begins to happen, as we're seeing here in life, there's credible foundations, deep foundations that are established so that God can do a whole lot more and uh and the church has been guilty of just living for themselves rather than pursuing a god-given foundation for the next level of what he wants to do
1: yeah and i love that because even through legacy we're starting to see the reality of government agencies knocking on the door saying hey can you help us with this can you can, can you provide an answer to the need that's presented at our doorstep and it really is an encouragement to see that we are a light that is on the hill And it's a place that people are saying, that place is where you can get help. That place is where you can get hope. And and that's what it's all about.
0: You know, I love that about the longevity of, like you said, nearly thirty. this is our 30th year. But you get to see that generational echo. When I I looked at um, Luke Butler this morning, who was part of the worship team. And um, he was, his parents came before he was born. And he's grown up in this church. And I just think um, to see him, I was just... Um, I don't know. It touched my heart this morning to see him because it's also a place where not just broken people can come in and be restored and belong, but to have him have a, a community of people along with his parents to have invested. He's been in all the children's ministry. He's been infused. He's been in EPIC. He's been a young adult, and here he is. You know, um, worshiping um, God, leading us into worship. Plus. Um, he's been encouraged to be what God's called him to be and he's filled what he's in. He's also single, by the way, if anybody. <laughs> I just had to get that in. Sorry, Luke. But he's a fine young man who loves God. But I love that part of the church, you know, as well as the part of me coming in, uh, being the hope of the world. I came in as a broken person um, when I got saved in Australia. And I love to see broken the broken people that come in to the, the, the walls, uh, the doors of this church and find God, get restored and then find purpose and then go out because yeah, yeah. that's what it's about. It's not just about us like Paul said, but go out then and be a storehouse that we can go out and give back. Yeah,
2: awesome. You know, I get pretty passionate about the church. I think, you know, like I said before, the, the thinking and the principle behind it is if, if you allow or, or you bring a yes to what God is leading, And you commit yourself to building a new foundation in anything. If your marriage is struggling right now, you've got to build a foundation to bring something fresh. Uh, If your business, build a foundation. The foundation may be a better team or clarity of vision or you're trying to do too much. But build a foundation and then you can build on top of that. And I would say this because I think as a church you'll find out even if you're visiting and you're online. One of the networks, it's kind of like we just tell it like it is and that's who life is. Uh, I think a lot of people are still, even Christians that come to church are still got a problem with the church. And I say to them all the time, they go, well, we're not involved because we don't like this, we don't like that. I said, there's no such thing as a perfect church. But Jesus said, I'll build the church. So don't point the finger at it, build it, build her. It's like, well, the church hurt me. No, the church never hurt anyone, people hurt people. But God wants to build the church and the church is to be the hope of the world. So therefore, come on, let's make her shine. Let, let, let's believe in the future that people have a community need or they know somebody in need. They say, hey, there's that life place. They always seem to be able to bring a meal. They always seem to, to be able to point you in a direction, have somebody to walk a journey with. They're, they're there because they seem to care. They're not just doing the job. And I think that's why I say I love government and we pray for them and honour them. But uh, I'm not sure government will ever have the heart of a true believer. And so we've got to bring that to the fore. And that's why, you know, people that say, well, I don't like all this money talk. It's like, get over yourself. Because we need money to make a change in the community in which we are all a part of. Anyway, sorry. I'm all fired up today. It's good. Makes my job easier.
1: Uh, One thing I love about you guys as leaders is you've always led with vulnerability. Uh, you're always very open and honest with where you're at in the journey and what you see. Uh, 45 million, what an incredible result. Uh, maybe just tell us a little bit of what's gone on on the inside. <laughs> uh, was there any doubts along the journey? Any, any, any moments where it's like, are we even going to get there? Uh, maybe your thoughts, your feelings, and even your emotions today. What, what's going on?
0: Yeah, I think definitely, um, I, didn't, I didn't doubt when Paul first talked about it, I thought, wow, that's that's a huge amount. And um, But the thing is, when you look back at the faithfulness of God in the past 30 years, they may not have been as big a mountains, but they were still mountains and big at the time. And faith steps that we had, have had to take all the way along, but always had that um, openness, well, if, if God said it, then it, we'll see it. So... It doesn't mean there haven't been obstacles along the way. Um, every 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 faith step is challenged by tests, and we've had plenty of those personal ones as well along the way, which many, many of you could attest to that um, in your own life. But, yeah, so I, I think in... I never doubted that it would happen, but I didn't know how it would happen. But um, I just trusted that God said it so... and. Paul said it, so I trusted him and hearing God, so here we are.
2: Could you say that again on Valentine's Day? (laughs) Happy (laughs)
0: Valentine's Day, everybody. Oh, yeah, happy
2: Valentine's Day. (laughs) And it's a great question, Luke. I I definitely questioned the timing. Mm. How could a church in Aotearoa, where money has always been an issue, in within Christendom by and large see in three and a half years a miracle of 45 million and when you're a third of the way in and it's just miles away and all of the committed people have already turned up and said we're a part of it and you look at what that represents you have to be reminded of supernatural things where Jesus is taught stop looking at the harvest look at the potential of the seed I think personally, and that's what we want today to be about, is looking over that legacy journey, is to say to everybody that has got something from God and yet you haven't seen it, it's natural to question the timing. Mm. But I do believe that if it is truly faith, you don't question the outcome. So I sat in many rooms where it's like, well, what are we going to do or how are we going to approach this? And it's like, well, did God say it? Mm. So if God said it, God will do it. I think I was teaching last year around faith that too often in Christendom, we've taught a faith message that is in a finish line. Mm. And so we set a finish line and we go, well, The God, we're praying that it's gonna happen by then. And faith was never taught in a finish line in the Bible. It was always taught you have a finish line, but your faith is in God. So God knows best. God knows what you're ready for or you're not ready for. So if you trust him, so really, to be honest, yeah, there were human questions about, okay, but, but I did have faith in my heart. Again, you know, you can branch off on that. A lot of what we think we have faith for, we don't have faith for, we have hope for. Mm-hmm. And hope is a precursor to faith. If, if the enemy can take your expectation, your hope, your belief, your, your, your longing, then you'll never see it mature into faith. When faith happens, you have an absolute God will do this. Yeah. So that when the waves and the storms, it's like, no, God will do this. Yeah. And I have said to many people, to be honest, I'm believing it's going to happen in three and a half years. But if it takes 10 years, God will do this. If it takes another generation, God will do this. And uh, you have to get that, that level of faith, which by the way, only comes by saturation and marination in the word of God. It doesn't come through, oh, I heard a podcast. It, it comes through a now interaction between God and you. And I think there are a lot of Christians have very little faith very little faith because they have a belief but they've never continued to encounter and get the now word of god into their heart so definitely there were some times and uh, and the responsibility really of just coming back to uh activating the seed that we carry uh i mean the day that somebody said to me uh, god's spoken to us about an amount of money um we're in another country Uh, that he said he has a purpose for. And and we thought it was for this, but God's spoken to us, it's for the Life Legacy campaign. And I go, great. (laughs) And then they said what they were gonna give to Legacy, which was $14.1 million. And I said, super great. (laughs) As tears were running down my cheeks, and it's like, you know, when you establish, I'm not giving up on this devil, and then God brings another miracle, we're still miles away. And I think it's sometimes, you know, just let me throw that out there. Uh, the journey of faith is humanly challenging. And most people opt out in their challenge rather than go, No, God, you said it. You can do it.
1: It's amazing. And maybe then jumping to this type of question over the 29 years, because we're talking the celebration of legacy, but you two have been faithful for 29 plus years leading this thing. Uh, maybe for you, Pastor Marie, aka Mama, uh, <laughs> how, how have you modelled, because I've seen this and I could answer from my perspective, but how, how, how is it? been modelled for you when leading the charge and getting an incredibly committed core of people that call life their home, not just a house they go to? How have you personally modelled that reality of the fact that actually in faith, it costs us something? Hope's pretty cheap, but when you live out of faith, it costs you a whole lot more. How have you found that and what have you had to do in personally committing to modelling that in uh, the life of influence you've led for you know, this church 29 years and in ministry a lot longer than that. Maybe talk to us about that.
0: Well I'm going to read from Luke 14 28 to 33. It says for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he's had enough to finish it lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. And I just think it's important, and this is something that Paula's led us in, and, um, and me including along the way, is to understanding what we are building, and in the team we've always said this to the, to uh, staff leading when we've done any campaign or um, offering to for different things along the way, that we, we lead the way, we lead by example, but we have to understand the what, and that's what We were told in in Luke there to understand what we are building, the importance of that, and then where's our part to play in that? I've got a part to play, and if I've got a part to play, I need to personally go to God to find out what is he saying, because when when you get that personal revelation, then you'll finish. You'll finish what started. It won't be just an idea or what someone else is doing, but it's like, this is what my part is. And I need God a revelation from God, and then that'll give me the strength and um, the wherewithal to keep going and I guess that 's what we 've tried to to instill into our our staff and and into the church that go to god we 've always said don't don't we 're not going to tell anybody what to do, but if you go to God, then you 've got to count the cost and and complete what. God's put in your heart not what someone else is telling you to do and that's what if we do what God has asked us to do we'll have what God wants us to have and we've seen that year after year after year in the journey of life that what God's asked us to do we will have you
1: yeah, know I love that because like practically speaking it's funny how when we are born into this world and we're kids I've got three young kids and it's like at the moment all they want to do is grow up they want their own way of doing things and they get to a point where they can't do it and they need to learn and then they don't need you anymore because they've learnt it, they carry on and little Cruz, who's three years old, he's like, every, every day he comes in and he's like, Dad, I'm growing up, look at my muscles, you know, and it's a good laugh. But I find it funny that naturally speaking, that's the desire of every human heart is to keep expanding and growing, but isn't it? strange often that when it comes into the context of our faith it's like we actually would rather just come to church for what we get we'd rather be a part of a celebration and not count the cost and it's like we expect god to do everything for us yet i'm not sure that's the way god designed our lives to be in fact just like little cruiser (laughs) We desire to grow, and when we grow, we start to see ourselves become a part of the miracle, and we move from a needing to come in and be fed and discover God to a personal responsibility. To then now getting to a place where one day I'm believing He will help people on the journey themselves. But I love that you've said. You know, it's not about what you have to do, but as you put it, it's what we get to do. But it comes from a personal desire a personal revelation of who God is for us and what he's calling us to collectively here. Whether you're at North, you're South, you're in the chapel right now, you're over in Melbourne, you're online, you're in this auditorium, we all don't have to, but we all get to build God's church here on earth. And when you start to discover that, you start to walk around showing off your muscles because you're feeling a sense of excitement. You're feeling a sense of um I'm actually a part of what God is doing in a greater story. And now I start to discover purpose, and I love that. Uh, for you, Pastor Paul, obviously you've carried a lot of weight in this season, and uh, maybe not physically, you're very fit, a lot fitter than me, but uh, in terms of spiritual weight. But then naturally, tired, you know, the carrying of something that God gives you. How, how have you done that? Because, you know, I'm new to this thing, and I find at times just small, insignificant things to where you guys have carried, that they can be very overbearing. Uh,
2: again, if, if you're a studier of life, you'll realize that anything that has value or creates significance has attached cost. Uh, it's easy to get into a pattern of going, well, God said it, so this is gonna be amazing, and not realize you can't build the tower that God wants you to build unless you count the cost. Uh, I've been actually so lifted over the last three or four months as people who are a part of Legacy and have sacrificed and really beyond sacrifice invested hugely that are on the phone going, are we going to make it? Can I do more? Not rather than, oh, here we go. It's one of those meetings and maybe I should do something. Actually, God doesn't want anything that doesn't come out of a free heart. And yet there is a cost that bears for it so you know there are people that would chip into my ear over my lifetime or our lifetime and just say take it easy you've seen so much and it's like no we're building the next level of foundation and the truth is if I could say it as a popper today to everyone is you do realize don't you if you've got a Christian faith that one day your life will end and the only thing you can take with you is what you've built in the kingdom you may have the free gift of salvation which gives you access into eternity but there is a God that says hey all of us are going to be rewarded for what we've built in the kingdom and that I think people don't like that kind of talk oh now you're pressurizing us no that's as the dad saying man if you don't count the cost and pay the cost you're not going to build something that has an eternal echo Uh, and so we all get to choose that and for us definitely we're not here to put pressure on people but to go well how did I carry the weight Um, Marie and I are leading together. We have different roles and responsibilities. So my role is to really clearly hear from God with Marie alongside and got the amen there. And of course, we've got a board, we've got a exec, we've got a eldership and they are there for the spiritual, again, oversight of hearing God. And together we walk forward into what we believe God is saying. But I discovered this principle over this whole journey is that what is birthed in your spirit You cannot house or you can't carry you can't store in your soul so if you're going to become somebody that is used by God to see supernatural things happen and to break into areas you haven't seen before because that's God's call for your life God's going to birth something in your spirit you know your soul will immediately go well I could never do that it's your feeling it's your emotions maybe your past will go well look who you are you could never do that no God comes in when you're born again, God comes into your spirit and his spirit lives in your spirit. You carry the DNA of God. And so when you carry the DNA of God, you gotta stop listening to the lie of the enemy of you can't change. Gotta stop listening to the lie of the enemy that your past will define you. Gotta stop listening to the lie of you couldn't do something extraordinary in your lane for the purpose of God. Stop excusing where you live or what you don't have and go, God gave me something. And uh, we came to New Zealand, I'm a Kiwi by birth, but we came, as you know, 29 years ago going, this is it. We're not wanting to just be another church on a street corner surviving. We want the church, the hope of the world, whether you love her, despise her, you can't sidestep her. And we're on that mission. And I'm speaking to everybody now and going, God wants to drop a supernatural seed into your heart. But if you try and rationalize it by circumstance or by your feelings, you'll give up on it. And that whole thought of what is carried in your spirit You know, it's kind of like what is born of the Spirit needs spirit oxygenation. You need the Holy Spirit to keep giving you the oxygen so it can grow because if you keep doubting what God gave you, you're removing the oxygen and we become, as again, Hebrew says, we become weary in our souls. So there's been a, a lot of times where I couldn't see it, but you know what, I just made decisions like this. I'm not going to bed tonight letting my soul rob me from sleep. I'm going to go to bed tonight saying, God, you said this. So in the daytime when decisions need to be made, let's make the decisions with wisdom. But at nighttime, park it back in your spirit, not in your soul. Because the truth is, you know, right now in Melbourne, practical example, they're in lockdown again. And I know Craig and Nadia, Pastor Craig and Nadia, doing an incredible job this year loving people through it. But it's easy when you go back to the lockdown, oh, flip, where is God? It's like, well, no, God, by the way, God has foreknowledge of everything that happens, so he's not worried. Come on, and and let's not buy into fear. Let's not buy into intimidation. Let's say, well, what did God give us? And so I had to literally park it, so otherwise I would be in the loony farm. I don't know if you can say that these days. It's kinda like, but I would have lost it many times on our journey with God and, uh, and again, I've observed many Christians, it's in the middle stages where you jump ship. You give up on what God gave you because you've allowed your emotions, the voice of your emotions to literally abort the seed of God on the inside of you. So many Christians, peers, people I grew up with, off track because they let their emotion man take control of their spirit man. And so we've got to come back to that and live in that and, uh, and have the ability in God to step into what God wants to take us to in a new way. So good, that's amazing.
1: Maybe just kind of bringing it a bit, in one sense, to a close. You've always been uh, leaders that take incredibly huge steps of faith. Five, six years ago, peel it back to the 2020 vision where you said we're believing that as a church, be a church of 20,000, there would be 2,000 effective leaders, there would, there would be this ability to be positioned to invest $20 million of community impact into the community and, and see change take place through a national kingdom-minded uh, and kingdom-spirited church, there would be a national, there would be an international impact. All of these things are starting to take place. We've got businesses that are helping fund everything within the community. I mean, it's, it's, it's not hard to get excited for not just what God's done, but what He is doing and will do. For, for you guys, I'm sure there'd be many things, but maybe I'm sure everyone in the campuses would be the same. You know, what would be a couple of key things that you've learned from the reality of taking humongous steps of faith? Uh, you, you say, as, as you said earlier, you're reminded because you've seen God's faithfulness over the journey, but you, you're a couple that never park. Uh, I remember hearing... For the first time the $45 million number and I thought uh oh we might need to get some medication here because this is a crazy type of number <laughs> is he thinking straight I, I remember thinking that I say that a jest but I remember thinking what is going on this is not just a step of faith but this is the cra- crazy edge of faith which has been prophesied over our house I heard Michael Maiden say it you know that in the prophecy as we saw a snippet of that God was entrusting something far greater to you than you naturally saw your ability to carry, what's in that journey? Like is there one, two, a couple of things that stick out that would encourage us because it's so encouraging to be a part of a church with incredible leaders like yourself, to be excited for what God has. But I love what you guys say, that it's actually all of us doing our bit. You're incredibly humble people And you say, it's not us, it's God. And yes, that's true. But God uses people like you and I like us to see his kingdom come here on earth. And I just love, I guess, to bring this to a close by asking, "Is is there something that stands out? That's a key ingredient that would encourage us with whatever God's asking of us.
2: I go first. Um... I would say this, that again, a major mistake we make in the kingdom is we try to live somebody else's lane. God graces certain people in certain places for certain things. And then He calls others to rally around and see that take place. And I think every step, when we started 29 years ago, Uh, our key musician who's sitting sitting in the second row broke his arm, Ken and it was like that was a decision point are we going to have worship on Sunday or not nobody else is here but us I used to play the guitar in Fiji but that was because they could sing good (laughs) so all Saturday I just picked up the guitar and played it why because there was a sense of destiny that God was going to build something And I I think, again, we, we take no credit for what has happened. But what we have learned is that there is a grace in the lane that God's called us to do. And Jesus taught you, taught me, make sure you're stepping into faith. But don't try to run before you can stand. Have a small step of faith. Grow your faith. And if you keep doing that, you end up taking steps that you don't see as large faith but you see them as what God wants. And I think that's where we're at. So we, we're called here at Life to not be a church where you just come and certain you, you you never hear a challenging word, you come into Life, this is gonna be the challenge. Don't come for what the vision can bring to you. You may need that at the start, but come for what you can bring to the vision. And let's make a difference in that. And so as soon as you try to do what God hasn't called you to do, you'll fall flat on your face. But if you think 45 million is the end of it, we've only just beginning. Seriously, not about the money because we have a community that needs to know God cares for them and that there are people that will lay down their lives for them. And I think that's enough to say, hey, that's what we're on. I'd love to talk. Maybe tonight we could do it. Some other focuses on, again, the big reminder that what God calls you to do, you've got to put your energy to. Just because God calls you, it's not going to turn up in the letterbox. You've got to step into that. And then as you do that, you grow, the kingdom grows. And you actually get enamored with life because you realize the other way of going, of getting everything you want, you get to the top of that hill and you're empty again. You just need to keep building God's kingdom and God's grace and blessing comes with that.
0: I think too, all throughout the Bible, there are are stories of the journeys and pilgrimages that people have been on and faith steps that God had asked those that we read about in the Bible. And I just think this is all part of our own modern day God story of um, one generation telling of the goodness of God to another generation, one generation praising God to another generation and saying, look what God did. This is our God. This is our God. Look what he can do. And that takes us stepping out to do the faith part so that we can allow God to do the miracle through each of us so that, yeah, one generation will praise him to another generation. And I I just love that we've been around long enough to see that, that all the things God's called us to, and when we're long gone, that people will see, look what God did. There was one generation. I'm going to get emotional, but...
1: So awesome. That's what legacy is all about. You know, I'm sure I speak on behalf of every single person that calls life home over in Melbourne, joins in online, that is here in the auditorium, the chapel up at North, down at South, that I just want to, I guess, echo thank you. Thank you for committing to answer the call of God all those years ago, but more importantly, as we celebrate something that, you know, has never been seen before. Uh, Just on behalf of all of us, we want to take a moment to honour you because uh, for the sake of risking my free pass to your fridge at home, I know you're not going to like this, (laughs) Uh, if it wasn't for you two, we wouldn't be here. I know, naturally speaking, I definitely wouldn't, so thanks for that. But (laughs) in every campus, we just want to take a moment to honour this incredible couple because it is your faithfulness, your tenacity, come on, your leadership, your integrity, and your character that has led us to this point. And so come on, can we really give honour where honour is due today? wanna to say thank you, we love you. we mean it and we're thankful you're not going anywhere but we wanted to take a moment I know that this is not what you would want but there's many people that have bought into the vision but God has entrusted it to you and then in turn to us and we're honored and I love as we saw that snippet of prophecy that Michael made and see God looked for a couple who had character and uh, we're just honored that you have said yes because we're all better for it wherever we are and so one more time let's make them really embarrassed
0: we hope you enjoyed this podcast from life if you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message visit lifeau.org